We got plenty of questions to answer in our mailbag Friday, and suddenly the Royals are now transactional. So let's talk about it next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are tuned into another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. We're also live on Instagram and TikTok. Go follow us on those accounts at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Very easy to find us as we've been continuing to post content every single day. And a reminder that you can always catch this podcast on wherever you get your podcast. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. And on YouTube, just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. You got a lot on your plate most of the time. There's a lot of payments to worry about. So one thing Jace Medical can do is take care of all of that stress. And we're going to give them some credit coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. If this is your first episode ever tuning in to Locked On Royals, of course, welcome in and a little background on myself. I work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Once a week, I've got a show on 810. And then Monday through Friday, I've got a show on ESPN Kansas City 10 to 11 a.m. as we talk everything, not just Royals baseball. But when you do come to this podcast, when you are clicking on it, whether it be those podcasting links, whether it be YouTube, just know that you are getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball, which I'm sure you're already trying to get into. Uh, maybe it's the offseason. You want to know more about the team. You're trying to keep up with them. You want thoughts and opinions, all of that. You've come to the right place in the Lockdown Podcast Network. And this is the perfect episode to have your introductory episode, the first one to try to hook you because Mailbag Fridays, at least to me, are some of my favorite episodes to do on the week. One, because it's Friday. Two, it's because we get a lot of listener input and opinions and questions, and it's always a great time. And today, we've got plenty to get to. We're going to have uh, questions that we're going to answer. The Royals were very transactional today. In fact, you know, 20 minutes before I hopped on the podcast, they made a trade, another trade with Atlanta, and sending Jackson Coar for Kyle Wright, who was the major league leader in wins just a year ago, 2022. But he's going to miss all of 2024 with a shoulder injury. So it's more so of a move for 2025. But uh, I've got lots of thoughts coming up on that here in about – 15 to 20 minutes or so. But I don't want to waste any more time. You guys sent a lot of great questions my way for our Mailbag Friday. And we're going to kick it off with Alex's question. Should the Royals consider buying low and giving MJ Melendez an extension? This is extension season, and there are candidates on the Royals, I believe, deserve an extension. Because what I will always say the Royals failed at a little bit in their 2014 and 2015 runs. Not much. I mean, they won a lot of games. But in terms of the future outlook, it felt like they never really bought into one guy. They gave Salvador Perez that extension, but they just kind of waited it out with everybody else. And then when they got to 2017, all of those guys were up on contract and all of those guys left, basically. You brought Escobar and Moustakas back on one-year deals, but it wasn't the same. This year, I think you have some really good candidates. Of course, Bobby Wood Jr. is the top of that list. Cole Reagans is going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, Benny Pasquantino is somebody I would absolutely sign to an extension. Michael Garcia, yes, and I think MJ Melendez is on the outside looking in, 
because he doesn't really have a firm spot defensively. And we haven't seen the bat come around just yet. If he was an elite defender and you were seeing some of the offensive power come back around, yes. But I don't think you jump the gun and give him an extension just yet. Uh, there are other guys I'm buying low on. Like Vinny Pasquantino, I buy low on. He's had back-to-back seasons where he's dealt with an injury. You can buy low, keep him here for three to four years, buy it the remaining years of his arbitration. Should be fine in that regard. Cole Reagan's another one to buy low on. He had a really good season. And if he has a really good one this year, he might be not as affordable to keep. So he's another one I would look at to buy low on. Michael Garcia, another candidate. But for right now, I think I'm going to pump the brakes on MJ Melendez. I'm not there just yet. Now, if he really starts hot in April and May, maybe I would uh, think about a two- or three-year extension that's pretty cheap. But a great question anyway, Alex. The next one we got from RB Carr, the Royals need two starting pitchers, assuming one is going to be affordable and will spend money on a second. Which of each are you targeting? Well, this really is a perfect question to answer after today because the Royals were transactional for the first time in the offseason. They acquired Nick Anderson, they traded uh, cash considerations to Atlanta, so they added a piece of their bullpen, and they got Kyle Wright for their 2025 rotation, assuming his rehab process goes well. But if they were going to overspend on a pitcher, I think there's a couple of guys I would really like. Um, I think Aaron Nolan would be a great guy to overspend on. I think Marcus Stroman would be a fun one to overspend on as well. I'm not really too discouraged by his second-half numbers. He's a competitor. He's a bulldog. I think he'd fit right in in Kansas City. So those two maybe at the top of my list is overspending. In terms of a cheap deal, a buy low deal, oh, Martin Perez would make sense. Yeah, All-star two years ago, kind of marginal numbers for Texas the last two years. He'd be somebody that's very, very cheap. Uh, Wade Miley's another one I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, Seth Lugo would make a lot of sense if you're not completely overpaying. So those are kind of a couple of the pitchers that I would target. So if I really need to Dwindle it down here. Nola's probably out of the price range. Stroman, I think, is a little bit more affordable. So I'll go Stroman, and then I'll go Seth Lugo for my overpay and maybe a little bit of an underpay. If Seth Lugo is a little bit too much, then Wade Miley, I think, would be my pick. Next question we got here is from Harmon Rab Jr. on Twitter. Captain Harmon Rab Jr., I should say. Who, what, where, when, why, how, and what to the extent inquiry minds are wanting to know? I think that's a fun question. But you know what? It does make a little bit sense now because we have transactional stuff to talk about. So even though I was looking at that question for the first time, hey, well, we do have a lot of who, what, when, where, and why to talk about today with some of the Royals pitchers they just acquired and who they sent away. So we'll be talking about that coming up here shortly. Matt asks on Twitter, what transactions from this transactional team only DFA'd and protected two players from the Rule 5 draft? By the way, would it take to convince you that Sherman is not holding the team hostage until he gets a new stadium? Um, you know, I think it's all about this offseason, really. If they go and increase their payroll to put them in maybe the top 20, I can buy into what John Sherman's doing. If there's no money put into this team in the offseason, I, I like the moves they've already made so far, but you do need to see a little bit more intensity, I would say, a little bit more pushing the envelope. And and that's what I want to see from John Sherman. In terms of exact moves, uh, it would take, you know, a, a pretty big name starter to add to this rotation, completely revamping the bullpen, maybe adding a corner outfield bat. A lot of that comes down to J.J. Bacola. But if that money is being spent, that would tell me that John Sherman's bought in and not just worried about a downtown stadium. Ben asks on Twitter, when are teams going to start signing and trading people? Well, 
I know you asked this yesterday, and I guess we got our answer today with that non-tender deadline being today. Lots of guys became available. There were lots of trades and lots of signings. So, yeah, the, the answer is today. A lot of players have already come off the board. But if you want to know when the big-name guys, the, you know, the star-studded cast is going to start signing, I would say winter meetings, which will be December 5th through the 9th. So when that happens, you're going to start seeing – uh, the needle be moved just a little bit and some moves are going to be made. But great question as well, Ben. And Jeremy asked on Twitter, where do you as a Royals fan think Shohei should go in free agency and where will he actually go? Look, I think everybody's convinced at this point it's the Dodgers. I have gone through countless articles about Shohei Otani and his predicted landed spot, landing spot. I have maybe seen one or two that doesn't have him going to the Dodgers. And for the sake of just not him or not wanting him to go to the Dodgers, I think I'd like to see him in like San Francisco, okay? A team that doesn't have much around. I would like to see him go back to Anaheim and play for the Angels. Maybe it would be cool to see him in Boston or Chicago, but I don't think I want Shohei Otani to already go join a super team. That's not fun in baseball, especially when you're a fan and somebody that's talking about the Royals on a daily basis. Why would I want the Dodgers to go get better? The reality is, though, Jeremy, it's a great question, is I really believe that's where he's going. The Dodgers seem to be putting all their chips on going in to get Shohei Otani. And even though he won't be pitching in 2024, having that bat in that lineup is ugh, it's scary to think about. But again, the Dodgers are a team. You take out their COVID year World Series. They are very much known for choking in the playoffs. Maybe Shohei Otani can get over the hump. And hey, that may be his best chance to get to the postseason. So that's where I do think he is going to be ending up. But thank you for all of the questions that you sent our way here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Royals more specifically. We always appreciate the, the questions coming from the listeners and the followers. All right. Next thing we are going to dive into is the trades the Royals made today. How important, Roy, and what does it mean for 2024? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And be sure to check us out on Instagram and on TikTok. Both usernames for those accounts is at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Very easy to find us on both of those platforms. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the title sponsor today, in Jace Medical. Now, with Jace Medical, whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Avacio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medications. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at check, checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off on your purchase with Jace Medical. Well, surprisingly, and ironically, I should say, after posting our podcast episode last night about the Royals sitting on their hands and not doing anything, well... As it turns out, maybe J.J. Bacola watches this podcast, listens to this podcast, or John Sherman does, or anybody in the front office. But all of a sudden, the Royals got very transactional. And that all began this afternoon 
when they acquired Nick Anderson from the Atlanta Braves for cash considerations. One, it's an incredibly good move um, because this Royals team knows that bullpen reconstruction is the most important part of this thing. And without it, it's just not going to be the same. If you can't build a solid and stable bullpen, this team just can't compete. It doesn't matter if you go and get a frontline starter. It doesn't matter if you get your corner outfield bat. It just doesn't. If you can't build a bullpen, this team is not going to be good in any way, shape, or form. It's impossible to. So the Royals got a little bit creative here. And let's be completely honest. Nick Anderson is not where he was two years ago. If you don't know who Nick Anderson was, he really was maybe the best, if not one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball in the shortened COVID year. He was great in the postseason. He was great before that. He was great after that. And then he had season-ending surgery in 2022. Bounced back with Atlanta. Appeared in, I believe, somewhere around 25 to 30 games. Had about 35 innings pitched. ERA was 3.09. Low whip. High strikeout numbers. Low walk rate. And you go, wow, how was that guy even available? And Kansas City jumped on it for cash considerations. Well, to walk through it a little bit, Atlanta made a very interesting move last night when they acquired Aaron Bummer from the White Sox and sent five players, five, over to Chicago. And you're thinking, why would they do that? Uh, why would you acquire a guy with an ERA north of six who was terrible for the White Sox last year and trade five guys? And then you saw today, okay, they're trading both Kyle Wright and Nick Anderson to the Royals. Well, the reality is Atlanta's entering an offseason where they're going to be big spenders. They need to clear up a lot of 40-man roster spots. And let's be quite honest, when you're as good as Atlanta, you can afford to move on from a handful of these guys. And as I've said multiple times on the show before, relievers are expendable. Okay, so Nick Anderson was probably a non-tender candidate. But if you're a fan going, well, of course, see, the Royals overpaid to go get Nick Anderson. Well, number one, they sent cash. So either way, you're going to have to pay for him. Number two, if he was non-tendered, the Royals would have competition. I think this was J.J. Piccolo going out and saying, hey, we got to be aggressive. And it's exactly what I said yesterday in the podcast episode. I want you to go to the market. Don't have the market come to you. That's where things get frustrating to me. But Nick Anderson, I'm going to go out and say it. If he's healthy, he on paper right now is the best bullpen pitcher for the Royals. It says a lot about the Royals bullpen, but also this is a very good arm you just acquired. And I think it's interesting because when they acquired James MacArthur, they loved the curveball. Nick Anderson is a big time curveball pitcher, was with Miami, was with Tampa, was with Atlanta. And everywhere he's gone, if he's healthy, he's put up good numbers. His career ERA is below three. That's the type of guy you want to add to the bullpen. And if he's healthy and he pitches well in the first half, that's a great piece to flip at the deadline. So I tip my cap to J.J. Bacolo and company for making that move. Then 20 minutes before I hop on and start doing this podcast, the Royals make another move. And once again, it's with Atlanta. This time they send Jackson Kowar to Atlanta for Kyle Wright. And I'm going, man, Kyle Wright. I didn't hear much about him this year, but I remember he was really good not too long ago. And I was exactly right. Back in 2022, Kyle Wright led the major leagues and wins. He had 21 wins. And 30 starts, his ERA was below 3.2. I mean, a elite rotation arm 
for Atlanta. And the Royals gave up Jackson Coa. Now, here's the kicker. Kyle Wright won't pitch this year. Kyle Wright is shelved for the entire 2024. And he's in his upper 20s. But here's the beauty of it. And for those that are going, oh, well, now Jackson Coar is going to go figure it out in Atlanta. Good for him if he does. But also keep in mind, Atlanta can get whoever they want for the bullpen. They're not saving a bullpen spot for Jackson Coar. And also, Jackson Coar has a career ERA north of nine and a career whip north of two. Okay, so it's not like you're parting ways with some up-and-coming riser for Kyle Wright. If this works out in your favor, you have a middle rotation piece, maybe even a frontline starter in 2025. Because I do believe there is something still in the tank there. And it reminds me so much of the Chris Medlin move back in 2014. Chris Medlin was ridiculous in 2012 and 2013. Then had Tommy John, was going to miss all of 2014. Same with Mike Miner. And the Royals acquired him. They went out and got him and said, hey, we're focused on the future there. It's a good guy to stockpile and for a good price. And that's why I think this is the perfect move. Kyle Wright, even if he was healthy this year, I don't think necessarily makes your rotation all the better. I mean, he wasn't good for Atlanta last year. His ERA was nearing seven. Now, he was hurt, didn't pitch that much, and all kind of just a disastrous season. But this is perfect because he gets to rest up, he gets to rehab, be ready to go by opening day 2025, way down the road. But it gives the Royals another opportunity, another chance to build this team up a little bit more, get a rotation, and then maybe you go, wow, you got Kyle Wright in this rotation for 2025, and if he can be even half of what he was in 2022, which wasn't long ago, You've hit the jackpot because you gave up a guy that never panned out in Jackson Co-op. These were two excellent moves for the Royals today. Excellent moves. I can't think of two better moves that anybody else really made today. I tip my cap to J.J. Piccolo, and I'll go a step further. Brian Bridges, who was a big-time influence on the scouting for Atlanta, he picked Kyle Wright, which is where I think that connection was, and it made me think, he was probably a big hand in both of these moves today. Phenomenal job by Kansas City. Phenomenal job by the front office. Let's hope it works out because you have two guys that need to bounce back. But they have shown at the big league level they've got some pure, pure stuff. Awesome stuff by the Royals today. And I hope this is just two of many moves they are going to make over the next couple weeks. Before we hit the break and really get a full breakdown on the roster moves and who was DFA'd today, want to give a big-time promotion to something we're excited about in the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's that we have launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. When we return, we're going to talk about all the roster moves the Royals made today, and if we're too upset about any of them. That's next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned to Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Well, there's a flurry of moves made today. We just discussed the deals that where the Royals acquired Nick Anderson for cash considerations from Atlanta and then Kyle Wright from Atlanta for Jackson Coar. And though it was a move for the future and Kyle Wright's going to miss all of 2024, the Royals got at least a little something from Jackson Coar, who was out of options and really in no man's land 
wasn't going to pitch in the rotation for Kansas City anytime soon and certainly wasn't going to pitch in the bullpen for the Royals in 2024. So building for the future, and they also got some bullpen help in Nick Anderson. And with that Nick Anderson deal, also it forced the Royals to designate for assignment Austin Cox, who, speaking of injuries, he is also expected to miss all of 2024. And I know some fans were a little disappointed not to see Austin Cox make it through, uh, just to stay on the 40-man roster, be stashed on the 60-day IL. But the reality is, Austin Cox should clear waivers, uh, even though he is a young bullpen arm that showed some success. I mean, his scoreless streak to open up his career was all very impressive. He was one of the more reliable bullpen arms for some point in time of the 2023 Royals. But when you miss all of 2023 or 2024, excuse me, you're not going to have many takers, people that are going to put you on the 40-man roster and not expect you to pitch until next year. At least with Kyle Wright and what Kansas City did, Oh, Kyle Wright was the league leader in wins back in 2022. Austin Cox didn't even pitch in a full season. So the Royals should be fine in keeping Austin Cox. And I'd imagine that's what they were thinking when they decided to DFA him and make room for Nick Anderson, who's now a lock for this bullpen, assuming he stays healthy, going into spring training. Some other moves they made involved giving Josh Taylor, who I did say yesterday was one of my picks to be non-tendered on this team. Uh, they gave him a one-year deal, as they did to Taylor Clark, you know, buying out that arbitration. But again, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Just because the Royals made that move does not mean they are going to put him in the bullpen in 2024. Uh, they got him for cheap. I believe it was $1.1 million. But again, we saw this last year with the Ryan O'Hearn deal. The Royals gave him a 2024 contract, of, or 2023 contract, getting my years mixed up all the time. And then shortly after that, he was let go. And bullpen arms are a little bit easier to let go, and especially bullpen arms that were hurt last year or they simply just weren't good last year. I am still waiting to see, and maybe if I would check my phone here in the middle of this podcast, if another move has happened. It's kind of been uh, just crazy here in the last hour or so of what's been going on in Major League Baseball, but still waiting on what they're going to do with Edward Olivares because he's out of options, I believe, and Chris Bubich. So, I expect moves to be made, a lot of moves to be made here over the next couple of days, over the next weeks or so. But that was kind of the, the roster construction we saw today. Right after I said J.J. Piccolo and the front office were not being that transactional, well, uh, we saw from this point that they were just looking for guys they felt fit their team better in 2024 and 2025 with that acquisition of Kyle Wright. But Really, I think a productive and successful day. And I have to believe that Brian Bridges, who they brought into their front office, had to have a pretty big hand, had to have a pretty big play in bringing in two Atlanta guys, Nick Anderson, who did have connection with Paul Hoover and Mac Quattrero when he was in Tampa Bay, and Kyle Wright, who Brian Bridges had a hand in drafting back when he was with the Braves. This is what can happen when you have different minds and guys with success joining your front office. This is what I wanted to see. And what I love is that both of these moves are very unroyal like They're, they're not. I mean, I, I don't remember a time last year. I don't remember a time the year before that where the Royals made moves that made a lot of sense like this. And very cheap. You didn't give up much. All you gave up today was Austin Cox on your 40-man roster, cash, and Jackson Coar, who likely, if not traded, was going to be non-tendered. 
It feels like a very productive day, and you know they're not done at this point. We know they were interested in Mark Canna. I'm assuming they're still out there looking for high OBP corner outfield guys, some more outfield depth, still going to be looking for a starting rotation help. All of these things are great to point out for this team and exciting to point out for this team. Because if this is just the sign of many things to come, you are going to see a much more put-together group, a much more competitive group, a front office that doesn't make head-scratching moves. They're going to have maybe one or two from time to time, like the Nicky Lopez deal from last year. But these are the ones, I think, that can make your front office look really good, either this year or the year after that. And that's exciting to look at here. Now, here's what could happen, too, to bring up the negative side of things. Nick Anderson could always be hurt. He could get hurt in spring training. You never know. Uh, injuries are always so weird in baseball, but you also don't go into seasons just banking on you know an injury to happen immediately. You, you hope you have depth, but you don't say, well, I don't like that guy. He's going to be hurt. I'm not counting on him. No, the Royals are going to be counting on him. He's going to be a lock for this bullpen if he's healthy. But things can always go wrong. Kyle Wright's rehab process can't go or could go wrong. Nick Anderson could not pitch well or get hurt. And at the end of the day, though, it doesn't make those moves bad because you didn't give up much. If Jackson Coart goes and succeeds in Atlanta, good for him. Change of scenery. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have made that move. Sometimes a change of scenery can fix guys, and maybe that could be the case with Jackson Coart, and maybe that could be the case with Kyle Wright after missing all of 2024. It could be a, a mainstay in this rotation for 2025, but I like what they did today. And I really do think it's a sign of things to come. Right after I criticize them for not being transactional, they get up on the horse and immediately start getting transactional with stockpiling some arms for the future. Not only for the future, but as well as this year and impacting that bullpen of 2024. Well, that is going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals and the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. And you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five and one last thing we want to say is promote a little bit something we're very excited about in the lockdown podcast network and that's that we've launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel well, you have a great weekend, Kansas City. I'm sure we'll have plenty of Royals news to talk about when we return on Monday. But until then, you take it easy.